to another episode of In a Pickle, the show dedicated to the less glamorous side of sports. I am your host, Dave Hope, and with me again, Sarah Ray-Talek. Sarah, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. Getting better and better every single time I announce you on this show. Yes. Yeah. You've learned my name. I'm so proud. I didn't try it six times today. Yeah, <laughs> just saying it over and over again yeah, so you can get it down. I woke up today and I was just in the mirror practicing. Sarah, not Sally. Sarah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing. I'm doing all right. So you got uh, it. Yeah, I got it. I'm trying. You know, I got this. I got this. Like you know, this golf this clap. Golf this clap. Is, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're it's welcome. uh, it's a delayed golf clap on my end, but that's fine. Yeah, you <laughs> still are minor technical saw. issues. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, we're having uh we're having issues on the computer because uh we got overcast today and Comcast somehow doesn't know how to deal with overcast. We are in 2022, right? This is still 2022. We didn't go back in time. Mm, you know? I don't know. I still feel like it's like 1995 sometimes. Oh God, 95. Imagine if we still had dial-up. Oh man. And then your mom just picks up the phone. I yeah. gotta use the phone to call your aunt Beverly. You're like, what the get off the phone! <laughs> trying to tape a show here. I'm trying to download something from Napster. <laughs> LimeWire, I got the whole album. <laughs> I just of ruined a whole computer. Yeah. <laughs> ruined it. I, I got I got this massive virus on the computer. I don't know how. <laughs> no idea. We've all done it, every single oh, one of us. I, I can't even I can't even imagine like today if, like you know when, when you did that when you did LimeWire or whatever, what was the other one? It was LimeWire and something else, not Napster, but like um, LimeWire was the most popular one, right? Yeah, I used LimeWire. I don't remember the other one. Yeah, but I mean, you imagine today if that was still the technology, how many computers you would go through? Oh, my God. But think of how much music you would be able to download so fast because of the fact of the high speed Internet that we have today. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. The high speed that's going on right now. That looks like you're in a kung fu movie. (laughs) Let's see what's going on today. We got a we got a new named segment that's coming our way and it's going to be called Here's the Dill, formerly known as the Salad Toss. We got we got did get some feedback on um, on names, not only for uh, the news segment, but uh, when we asked what would you rename the Miami Dolphins, we got you got some good feedback. I I did get some some feedback on that Uh, one. We got the feedback about the salad toss. They were like, "Uh," and I was like, all right, yeah, okay." But it was it was funny. Like, that's why we did it. Yeah. Um, but yes, for the renaming of the Dolphins thus far in the question that I posted this morning, we have uh, the sperm whales mm-hmm. we can rename them to, um, the flippers, no, and it's, it's very close, still a dolphin, and yeah. then uh, porpoises. Yep, that's, um, nope. <laughs> the porpoises does not serve me any purpose. I can hey. go with... I could go with that. <laughs> I just clicked in my head. <laughs> wow. Talking about delay. Yeah, that's a delay right there. That's good. Woo. I'm still on board for bath salts. Yeah, the bath salts. I still love meth gators. I think that's a great name. Uh, true. Uh, true. 
you know. I should change my fantasy team to the meth gators. Uh, I like uh, rum ham and fight rum. Fight milk. Fight milk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's great. I uh, I killed it. I killed it this week on fantasy. Killed I it. know. And you know what was your saving grace? Because uh, <laughs> because I collected Ed did not play Lamar Jackson. Yep. Lamar Jackson was on his bench and I was yep. like, no. Yeah. 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 Yep. That was the only thing that saved me. I'm still going. I have a Buffalo D tonight. I'm still projected to lose even though I'm up by like 50 points right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> Buffalo D could explode tonight, you know, who knows. There's a oh. uh, strong possibility. It would be helpful, but he has because I'm playing um, Nick, who you played last week. Yeah. And he has Josh Allen and uh, Diggs. So I'm uh, like, yeah, you're going to lose. Yeah, you're yeah. all done. Yeah. Well, so it was a good run. Well, it was good. It was, you know, uh, I should have first claim this week on the waiver wire. So let's uh, nope. let's go. Yep. <laughs> I already have a claim in. <laughs> you're going to be 0 and 2, but that's fine. I'll be uh, I'm a 500 team. That's Woo! all I'm asking for. So uh, good responses from last week's episode of the Barrett Roberts episode. Our first touch of the NFL crazies. That was uh, very exciting. Really was. It was. I like that. There's so many more uh, crazies. It's like never. There's so many more crazies we can tap into. It's never ending. I want to eventually move over to there's so much baseball that we've done. Baseball has a long list of crazies as well, but like. I'm so excited to dip into like the hockey, mm-hmm. the basketball, more NFL. And who knows? We might even find like some weird sport. Talk about crazy right. tennis. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cricket. All right. So let's get into here's the deal. So here's the deal is the news segment where we talk about things that are in the sports pages from the news from, uh, you know, when you're listening to this, it's a, a week past, couple weeks, whatever. But uh, here's the deal. Sarah, take it away. All right. Here's the deal this week. Uh, We have not touched on this, which we've had the opportunity in the last two weeks to do so. And we have not. So why not now? Brady and Giselle living separately. Mm, Yeah. Four people. Right. (laughs) And uh, it really is. However, the reports came out this weekend saying that they've been living separately for about a month. And what boggles my mind is the response of people that are surprised by it, Um, which leads me to believe that those people have never been in a committed relationship or married. Right. I mean, uh, it's one of those where she... They moved down there. He probably promised that they he was going to retire to spend time with his kids. And this is where they're at. And she's like, yeah, good luck to you. Keep working on that pliability all year. And then he's just like, hashtag fuck them kids, man. No. True. You know? I mean, he was retired for what? 20 something days. And he was like, whoa, this is what happens here. Yeah, I got to go back <laughs> no. to work. You know, no, he wasn't like, having it. Oh. And that's that's because unfortunately he is an all year round mode right he doesn't just he doesn't just play and have like a full off season like most players he legit will give himself maybe three weeks in the off season but he's constantly doing training and his pliability and his workouts and this and that so it's it's become a full-time 
full-time job for him. Do you think he's having a hard time letting it go? Yes, for the fact absolutely. That, like, now he's 45 years old. Mm -hmm. He's been training and conditioning for, I mean, since he was, he looks better now than he did his, uh, his first game. And I'm mm. not talking like play wise. I'm talking like physical appearance. Like guy is like, he, he looks great. He looks better than he did when he was a rookie. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he, I know Botox is involved, but a lot of it, you see his yeah. uh, cheekbones. Kardashians would kill for those cheekbones. Yeah. He looks like handsome Squidward. Yeah. Yeah. From SpongeBob. <laughs> he really does. It's, <laughs> it's a crabby patty. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I just, I don't understand, but like, what else do you have to prove? You're already number one, all categories. Are you just trying to like, go even higher in those number. Obviously this probably is his last year, right? I, I, I think he said that already. Maybe. I mean, now if he's getting a divorce, what the hell else does he have to do? We'll just play football until he's 65. Right. But like, what else do you have to prove? You're number one in everything. Are you just trying to pad those numbers? So no one ever breaks it. I don't know. I think that he's so set in his ways. I mean, he's been doing this for 20 plus years. Yeah. So He's clearly a creature of habit. But the other thing on the flip side is I think that he's still, you know, he's competing against Aaron Rodgers now. So, you know, everyone is starting to or most of them are retired that they have been playing for the last 20 years. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who looks like he's about 60. Nicholas Cage um, from Con Air. Oh, my God. When he yeah. showed up to training camp looking like that, I was like, dear God, just try. Just stop. He Aaron. did that on just purpose, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, he had I, to. Have. He had to have. There's yeah. no like. Dummy. Um, yeah. But that's what I think on the flip side is that he's just like, well, if Aaron's going to keep doing it, I'm going to do it. But at the same point in time, Aaron has a different personal lifestyle than you do. Right. So what are you doing here? Like you're not taking into consideration anything like your kids are clearly going to be in therapy because of their daddy issues. Right. And like Aaron Rodgers looks like he's been in the league for 20 years. Tom Brady doesn't like. Right. A hundred percent. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is ready to retire. He's like, the hell with it. I'm done. Like, whatever. And then Tom <laughs> Brady's like, I wonder if I can get like five more championships. And also like not for nothing, but like, Tom Brady is like a thousand times uh, better than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're talking seven times Super Bowl champion, however many MVPs he's got. I mean, 100%. Aaron Rodgers is great, but like, you know, he's won one championship. Well, here's a question I have for you. Do we think that this is a soul sold myself to the devil moment? where he has a contract that Brady has a contract with the devil that he has to play for X amount of years to actually keep his soul. I don't know. Like could be a devil kind of contract. You never know because he, he could have been like, yeah, I'm retiring because you know, I want to be with my wife and my family. And then the devil was like, ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> soul is mine. I'll make you eat strawberries. <laughs> right. And Tom Brady's like, no, not strawberries. I've never bread, had a bread, strawberry. Bread. bread, bread. Yeah. Bread. yeah. I'm going to carbo load bread. you. Bread. 
Yep. Oh, what's this bagel? I can't eat that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Also, I think Tom Brady's a lizard person. He is, uh, it's, oh, yeah. Crab yeah. people. Crab yeah. people. Oh, crab people. Yeah. Crab people. Yeah. Uh, could, could be. Uh, I mean, we could talk about that all day. And we I have mean, a whole show about how Tom as Brady us is being married weird. folk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, us as married folk, um, we know that we would never say, hey, I'm going to do this and then not do it because the wrath oh in God, the household no. would just not uh, no. sleep with one eye open. Yeah, for real. Dead. For real. Dead. Yeah. I mean, I already have to sometimes sleep with one eye open because I don't know if I screwed up or not this week. <laughs> you know? I, I try to I try to do the happy wife, happy life thing. But like, I'm not really of sound mind and body sometimes. <laughs> no, you know, no. who is? Yeah, sometimes who I'm really off the is. Wall. All right. Next up. And now, again, we have to keep in mind that we are a week behind from last weekend. Um, but the best tweet that uh, happened last week wasn't actually a good tweet. But the responses that came from it were what were pure, pure gold. Oh, uh, J- Jackson Mahomes. Oh, God, I hate this kid. Oh, <laughs> God, I hate this goddamn kid. The oh. worst. My God, if there's anybody I want to get like tackled by a thousand six hundred pound men, it's this man right here. He's right up there. No, I think he's number one in my book of like I people I cannot stand on, on the internet. And then number two is probably like Zach Hample. Yeah, I would say probably I would say Jackson Mahomes, like first and foremost. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. He's just well, this tweet sums it all up. Um he tweeted, We whooped ass today. Oh, we. Oh, yeah, because he had a great, great deal of uh yeah. Help. yeah. We uh, so the internet ripped him apart, um, which was absolutely hilarious. Everyone's like, Oh, I didn't see you out there. Oh, we like, Oh, not your brother, right? So it was just they ripped him, and now it's also presents the question because we're only this was week one of the season that this tweet came out from him. We're now in week two. When are you, when when does he when does Patrick um put his foot down? When? I don't think ever because honestly, like he's another one that's uh ruled by the wife. Like his wife's annoying too. Oh yeah, she's ooh, and like woof. his 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 wife and his brother are like together and they do stupid things. Like, do you remember last? I think it was last season where like somebody was like shitting on uh Jackson and he like dumped water all over the fan. Oh, they were they were um no, they were doing the shaking the champagne oh, all over all right. the fans. That's what it was and it was it was her that did it. I don't Ugh. and they, actually I think it was both of them that did it. They, it I don't know. I I feel there has to be a point um especially since you want to have this longevity in your career. Right. that you'll you'll have to say listen I know you want to come to the games, but like, I really need you to back off so that I can just have them focus 
focus on me because that's part of the problem too, is like, they're taking the focus away from him and you know, there it's associated with him. Like, yes, you're a great quarterback, but your brother and your wife are fucking dicks. Yeah. Like, like if I was, if I was Patrick Mahomes, I'd be like, guys, back the fuck up. Right. Back up. Like what's going on? Come to the game and just come to the game. If, if you want to be an idiot, go be an idiot outside the game. Don't come here and be an idiot. Right. And then it also puts in a question. And I mean, I don't know Patrick Mahomes and I'm sure no, you know, I mean, you could be biffles with him. Who knows? But it also puts I, I, his <laughs> right. You never know. Um, but it puts his judgment into question of the people that he's actually associated with and yeah, like and what that's kind one of the, the main reasons why we're not friends me and right. patrick mahomes are not friends because i cannot stand his brother right <laughs> that was a long time friendship you guys had too no. yeah we were friends for a long time and then all of a sudden it was like dude i can't stand your brother like i gotta go man and now this you're gonna embarrassing. see now you're gonna marry this chick i yeah. can't be friends with you no mo this marry chick. her stay friends with me all right. Bullshit. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Oh, God, you, I hate Jackson Mahomes. I know. We. You got to cleanse the palate. I hope he listens cleanse. to this show so he can be like, oh, my oh, God. I don't like you either. <laughs> Let me do a TikTok dance. Yeah. Let me do a TikTok dance on your logo, which would be huge for us. Huge. That would be great. I still, I still wouldn't want it, though. <laughs> no, I'd still hate him. So. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right. So this weekend starts a hockey preseason. Whoa. What? Winter's yeah. coming. Wait a minute. I'm about this life. Yeah, wow. we are less than a month from actual season starting. Hmm. Um, so it's very exciting. This week, uh, this weekend, Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing a double header to kick off um huh. preseason. So Yes, they do play some double headers in hockey, but it will what, be like a this, not no now wait a minute. I'm I'm this might sound stupid to me, but it we're not like day game night game, right? Like baseball? Yeah, day game night game. There I think it's a what? one or two PM and then like a seven yeah, I think it's one and then seven. I've never heard of this before. Is this real? Yeah, they do it a lot during preseason to give all oh, the, like okay. to give more lines play oh, and to right. see who plays well with each other on the lines. So, right. all right, I I thought I just might have missed something because I mean, like I, I was when I was younger, I was big into hockey, and then like I think right after the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011, uh, I I would say maybe after the Bruins lost against chicago in the stanley cup i kind of fell yeah. out of it even though like i was still working in that area i would follow the team only because i mean the bruins were money makers for the bar but yeah. like i never really i kind of just fell out of all of it and i i would dabble here and there just to keep up with it but then like i kind of just completely fell out of it so like you're I'm, not yeah. yeah i mean a double header doesn't often happen it's if it does happen it happens in the preseason they don't do it during the regular season and fall i know right falling off being a bruins fan is perfect because mm-hmm. they're terrible so yeah get rid of oh so i mean i'm not a bruins fan that's just me I know. but uh neither I was, neither am i surprisingly yeah see no. i was out uh i i 
I know who your fa- I know I know who your favorite team is, but uh, only a select few people know who my favorite team is. And I, I'll come clean. I'll tell you, um, I like the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, that's a good team to like. Yeah, I have good for team. a long time. Yeah, I think it all stems from childhood when I actually played hockey. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, a fat little goalie in the. <laughs> Uh, Chelsea Red Devils League in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Shout out to uh, old Chelsea. Um, One of my coaches gave me a Wayne Gretzky Hockey My Way VHS tape. And um, I would watch the shit out of that thing. So I always loved Wayne Gretzky. And like, because at the time he played for the Edmonton Oilers. And I was Mm -hmm. like, always like, plus I have this weird thing with the colors of blue and orange, where I absolutely love those two colors together. A great like, combination. Like Mets, um, Knicks. Great Oilers. Yeah, just I've always been attracted to those two colors. Well, so. those oil that those Oilers teams, man, were phenomenal. With you know Gretzky, Messier, Yari Kari, Paul right. Coffey, like the cups that they won and could have still won if all that crap didn't happen with Gretzky ending up going to the Kings. It was just, they were stupid wife wanted to be a a Hollywood star. Well, she was a Hollywood star already. It was a, well, they, so basically Edmonton was broke. Like the Oilers were broke and Gretzky went to them and were like, Hey, I feel like I deserve to make more money, which he wasn't wrong. Yeah, he deserved to make more money. Yeah. yeah. And apparently it was already being pre-discussed to trade him and he caught wind of it. So like he was already dipping his toes in the water and his toe dipping led to ankle dipping, led to knee dipping. And the pool that he dipped himself into was the King's pool. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and then after that, he you know, went from the Kings to the Blues to the Rangers to, you know, he wanted to play. It was kind of like his farewell tour at the end there. So he could play with Brett Hall and he could play back with Messier, but he never won a cup right. again after he left Edmonton. I remember him playing for, well, I remember him playing for all those teams. And I always thought like the Blues, him playing for the Blues was very weird, but I understood the Rangers because they just came off the 94 cup. Yeah. You know, um, and I thought that was cool. He wanted to play with his friend. I mean, like, who yeah. doesn't want to play with their friends again? You know, come on. Yeah. Uh, you got to love it. Well, to spin off of this uh, yes. for hockey, as we're talking about hockey, um, Florida, mm. our most beloved state on this show, is hosting the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm sorry, before you go on with this one, I'm still surprised and I don't know if it's happened. So stop me if it has, I'm surprised that Florida hasn't tried to do one of those, um, uh, outdoor games that they do the, what, what do they call it? The, the, um, the winter classic, the winter classic. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know that because <laughs> uh, they've they've hosted one at Fenway. But I'm I'm also surprised that Florida hasn't been like, let's have a winter classic. And they're like, you, it's imagine? 95 degrees out. Could you? I mean, what are you going to do? Play roller hockey? I mean, yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> I honestly, I wouldn't put it past them to bring up the idea. But at the yeah. same point in time, like 
I could imagine the NHL looking at them dead on dead face like what what you you know some guy in the office of the florida panthers he's like some big shot with the florida panthers executive board he's got his straw hat and his overalls with no shirt on (laughs) and a big old belly with a thing of hay sticking out he's like hey man y'all ever think of having the winter classic down here in the florida's part and everyone's just like get the hell out of here what are you talking about? Please, somebody get the fan boat and grab this guy. Oh my God, is there an alligator in this room <laughs> that we could just have him eat it? Hey, man, you want me to eat the alligator? He just starts wrestling the alligator. Yeah. See, that's the thing, too. You have to be careful on who you bring alligators around. Right, that's true. So now that we're talking about alligators, <laughs> this this has uh, this is a doozy. Uh Steve Mayer, the NHL's chief content material officer, says that uh, the occasion in Fort Lauderdale might be a really Florida-centric occasion. Oh, so everyone's going to do meth. Yes, and bath salts. Oh, good. It's going to be, yes. Um, (laughs) There are, and I quote, we've got a couple of extremely unique ideas on a work in progress that if we pull it off, I think our fans will talk about it for a long time. Okay. Here's, here's where they're at. Uh, This is just, I can't even trying to say this with a straight face is what's killing me right now inside. Uh, So what is that? You ask like, what, what is this occasion? I, I I can only imagine. Because it's Florida. Right. And it's the NHL trying to be like very Florida friendly. Right. Also Uh, trying to be hip as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's insane. So uh, Mayor's trying to figure out how to incorporate alligators into the outside event. Stop it. Stop it. Nope. 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 And even discussed shooting meat pucks into the alligator's mouth. Oh, my God. So he... uh, what in the Florida is what I got to say. What in the Florida? Okay. Like, Listen, yeah. is that a cool idea? Maybe. All right. I'll give you that. But will the uh, animal rights activists have a hair across their ass if you're shooting a 120 mile an hour meat puck inside of an alligator? Probably. Probably. The, the thought in my mind is a couple things. One. Someone's going to shoot a baby into the alligator's mouth. Like, that's just very Florida. Like, I'm going to shoot my baby. Like, oh, this is going to be fun. Y'all think I can get this baby inside (laughs) that alligator's mouth? (laughs) You know, that's one. Two, now, if it's a meth gator and he breaks free from the cage and he's like, meth. And then, like, he attacks, like, a group of Canadians. Now we're at war with Canada. So it's like, there's a whole lot of things here that I'm like, we need to pump the brakes on this yeah. alligator idea of Florida. Woo. Like, how about you just like not do that? Right. Let's just <laughs> like, let's just play. Hockey. I have a better idea. Instead of shooting shooting meat pucks at an alligator, how about we don't? That's my idea. Let's I don't. I agree with that statement because that's just gonna provoke other things. And I don't know, especially if they're gonna take over the entire beach of Fort Lauderdale. Like, could you imagine the chaos that's gonna ensue? Like, I, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. And I, 
I get it from the NHL's perspective and from Florida's perspective is like they're trying to because it's Florida like if it wasn't for right. um, Tampa Bay winning there wouldn't be so much commotion and oh absolutely about hockey absolutely but but they're trying and I get it they're trying to build it up more in the state and blah 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 but going about it this way is just is not gonna right. be successful right in my eyes now you know I don't know. So, like, obviously, NFL is the most uh, successful watched sport, right? Like, tons mm-hmm. and tons of people flock to it. Right. There's uh, fantasy. Everyone uh, dies about football fantasy. Everyone sits and watches the NFL draft. Everyone does uh, anything they can when football's involved. The other three sports sort of kind of take a back seat. Now, I would go football, basketball. And then, like, honestly, like, baseball, then hockey seems to be, like, most watched, where baseball and hockey are kind of fighting. uh, They're jockeying for that third position. But, like, I understand why football is so popular, because there's only, like, 17 games, right? You only play once a week, where, like, baseball plays every day. You get 162 games, and even the biggest fan will drop out sometime in july for a minute yeah it's know? right like at that all-star break is when yeah. you kind of you fall off and then you'll pick it back up come september right and and like basketball people watch you you're talking like you know three to four games a week and hockey too three to four games a week if that i don't know maybe three games a week but like you know can't other sports just go ahead and adopt something else like I always enjoyed the playoff standings for basketball, you know, the top eight teams playoff. And I think that baseball could learn from that, but yet not last all the way until uh, Christmas, you know, and also like hockey could do something else where like you can really like bring it to the forefront where it's like, you know, why, why can't you be as popular as these, these other sports? Like, I think it's because it's intimidating to a lot of people and a lot of people don't skate. And if you live North, like we have cold and we we have ice and we have all these things, people down in Southern warm, you know, you can play football all year outside, you know, you can play baseball outside, you can play basketball outside. Hockey's not one of those unless you're playing roller hockey, it's not a big outdoor sport. So it's something that Europe and um, Russia and Canada, because geographically it's cold. So what what do you do if it's cold outside and it snowed? Oh, you can go down to the playground because the playground's flooded. So you can ice skate because of that. The players aren't paid as well because they don't have that much viewing. Um, so it's it goes hand in hand on a lot of things. Right. But, you know, and I get it, too. Like, you know, as a kid, hockey is super expensive. Uh, it's very time consuming, you know, like 5 a.m. ice times where like, you know, seven, eight year old kid has to get up at five o'clock. You ever try waking up a, a an eight year old miserable at 5 a.m.? Like it's it's the hardest miserable. thing in the world. I can't even get my kids miserable. to wake up for school. Fisticuffs so. coming at you that early. Yeah. Fisticuffs. Yeah. And it's so expensive to even invest to play. So it's unless you have an older sibling or have an older friend or 
someone who grows out that they can, you know, just share equipment. It's really expensive. Right. Right. Hockey. You could do better than alligator meat pucks, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Watch my baby. Yeah. All right. So this week we changed up from it being the dick of the week to it being the biggest pickle in the, the jar. Biggest pickle. Oh, before we get to the biggest pickle, I just want to give hey. a shout out to the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA team. Yeah, they have become the first professional sports team in Vegas to win a championship, and they won. Uh, well, yesterday. Obviously, this is uh, recorded on Monday. They Monday. won on Sunday. Sa- um, Sunday? Saturday? Saturday. Today? See, that's Monday, the- yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so confused. I'm like, I think it was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was if it yesterday? You, if you didn't know, yeah. uh, the WNBA is the women's league for the <laughs> NBA. They, they play basketball. All women. Yeah. It's an all women yeah. league. I unfortunately do my news on, like, Friday. So I apologize I don't know. No, no, no. It's not your fault. This just happened. This just happened. And and people are, I think there's people all over the world listening right now to this, this podcast, IAPradio.com. Go back and watch, listen to other episodes, follow us everywhere. Um, That don't understand that the WNBA is a league of women who play basketball because uh, 90, no, 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 I'll be nice. 85% of the United States don't even realize that there's a WNBA. Yeah, there's still a lot of people that don't, and it's wild to me. Wild. I would say, now this sounds very unfortunate, and I don't want to come off as a dickhead or a uh, the biggest pickle, but um, I feel like this whole uh, Brittany Gardner, am I saying her Griner. name? Griner. Griner. I feel like her her uh thing in russia where she tried to whatever she did i don't want to say smuggle drugs because she didn't smuggle drugs but um i that helped that i i think that helped the WNBA uh move up a little bit in the news because it's like you know oh this uh WNBA star is jailed in russia for smuggling drugs and people are like w what's interesting is yeah what's interesting is I did not think of it that way. And now that you have said that, yeah, after all that had happened, it was everywhere and it's still kind of everywhere. So that's interesting that you say that. I didn't think of it like that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Real quick. You know who owns the Las Vegas Aces? No. Mark Davis, the owner really? of the Raiders. The really? Worst, yeah. The worst haircut on the face of the earth. Really? I did not know that. <laughs> Dude's got uh, the worst haircut ever. He really does. Awful. Though. They put a bowl on Yikes. that fucking guy's head and clip just around it. Clip around. He's just. Ooh, he's an unfortunate uh, man. It's like problem child in Chucky. It's just a mess. Meet he's... Harry Lloyd Yikes. from Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. yeah. We should throw throw him into uh shoot him into an alligator's mouth. Oh, uh, he's definitely Wrap him that up guy in some that would, meat. Yeah, he would show up in a pair of overalls and. No shirt on. Y'all want to see me wrestle a gator? Y'all want to see me wrestle this gator? <laughs> Come on now. Ah, yeah. All right. Let's get to the biggest pickle. Uh, <laughs> because after I, the biggest pickle, we got a show for you that will uh, scare you. I know. You. <laughs> the news is good. We had a lot of weird, weird news this week. A lot of we had news. A lot of news. A lot of news. Now, uh, let's we just have do a news two, show. <laughs> let's just, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, 
we have two big pickles this week. Two big pickles. Two the jar is overflowing giant. with brine. There's not even any liquid in there anymore. Oh, it's, it's it's messy. It's gross. gross. Uh, so first, let's discuss the Phoenix Suns owner. This dun, dun, dun. You want to uh, talk about yeah. taking a sport back a few years? What and what a complete asshole. Well, the thing is, what gets me is um, Sarver suspended for a year. And it, what was it? A $10 million fine is yeah. what he was given. And I, they found him guilty. Absolutely. But it was something that they were like, oh, it wasn't direct to other. It wasn't like direct to the people. Like he wasn't using it in a certain way. And I was like, okay, so what was he just singing was his... some rap lyrics? No, he was apparently what it was is he was quoting. Um, I can't remember who it said in the report. Like he was quoting one of the players and he's like, if he can say it, why can't I say oh, it? And like, stop. Was saying that's such it. a white thing to say. Right. And oh, then I... like all the sexual shit that was coming out yeah. and like his bullying at work, like he was sending porn to his like stop employees. It. Was he really? Yeah. I, yeah, that's something that I read. I was like, wait a minute, this cannot be true. And like, I found it on a couple places and was like, yeah, this dude. I mean, I wonder, like, was it to like build up team morale? Like, yes. Uh, I don't know too many bang. places like, that this send is what porn we're gonna do. Like, I don't to know. build up team morale. It's though. weird. It's so freaking weird to me. Like, I don't understand how, and this is a problem, like, you went ahead and I understand there was a lot of shit with um, Donald Sterling to begin with. Like he, yeah. he, nobody liked him. We get it, but he was obviously recorded and all that stuff was recorded. Now Sarver wasn't recorded. Right. Like they, the only thing that they have is a video of him roasting one of like somebody else who worked for him. But yeah, it's one of those where why is he still allowed to keep this team and only be suspended for a year it right. makes no sense to me and what's that gonna what's that gonna do yeah nobody's gonna want to play for a douche like this like no. and, and, nobody's and the worst gonna part about part that is it. yeah the worst part about that is is the fact that the phoenix suns finally have something good going on since the charles Barkley era when they went to the finals yeah. against jordan and like now it's like you're just now no one's going to play for you and it's going to take no. forever for you. You're going to have to sell the team in order to get people to come back. Yeah. And I can't see how the players in the players organization won't basically force that hand. And I have the feeling, even though it's um, a year suspension, I can see the players forcing Adam Silver to be like, you need to completely make this guy sell the team right i could see it right because if they're gonna be like no we're not gonna play like you want to support us for you know like we talk about social injustice and you guys sit next to us and talk about social injustice and you yes you paint these words on the floor but yet you're gonna let this motherfucker yeah That's still have a job like you are contradicting everything you say right whether you're whether you're quote unquote repeating something that somebody said, you still have the Black Lives Matter painted on your court, and you still have like you know uh, all this stuff like we're we're supporting the 
the African American community and you know we want to see justice where justice is served. Well, this this is where justice should be served. This is where you force him to sell the team just like you forced Donald Sterling to sell the team. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're quoting someone like your behavior sexually like sexualizing and the way right. you treat women within your establishment the fact that you like bully people like right. you are a prick and like silver just needs to be like yeah let's let's get this dude right out of here yeah please for the love of god maybe adam silver so that's the... yeah maybe adam oh, silver no. can grab the balls out of his wife's purse and <laughs> reattach them to get him out of here because there's no need does... for any of that yeah, he definitely has her hold on to them and yeah. like a little like it's a, like a little clutch. Like I'm also convinced that Adam Silver is a vampire. He looks. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird looking. He's scary. Weird looking dude. Yeah. So that's uh, one big pickle. That's what? Uh, that's one. Now, dun, 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 on to Brett Favre. Ah, speaking of pickles. Uh, yeah, what a oh, piece of shit. God. What a piece of shit. Uh, I mean, we already knew that he was a piece of shit that, yep. you know, like he had to settle out of court uh, in 2013 for the um, unsolicited inappropriate text messages that he was sending to the therapists and cheerleaders when he was playing for the Jets. Uh, guy, but not huh? only that, yes, yeah, stand up individual. Stand up. Um, but not only that was he's also in the process. This is before all of this was like fully coming out. He's been in the process of paying back one million dollars. Um, what was it? One point one million dollars in welfare funds that he had received for speeches that he never showed up to give. Nice. So he was supposed to go and give speeches in it to poor communities and support of welfare and this and that and he received the money and never never went okay. to give the speeches hold the phone here hold on if you're trying to give back to the community and you're trying to do right for uh you know these poor cities and towns why are you charging to go speak he's clearly uh, the guy who is very much me 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 and selfish oh and my god i the, hate that the fact it's it's awful the fact that the man has made around 200 million dollars and basically he's valued somewhere around like 110 million dollars and even though he doesn't play anymore Ooh. like really you're you're a piece of shit and that's just that's like that's just the tip of the iceberg the that's fact all, that that's all that wrangler jeans money that's oh my god that is that wrangler jeans yeah. money yeah wrangler's <laughs> probably like thank god we got rid of that contract yeah. <laughs> selling dad jeans for so, i wasted all day well now they have met like i mean they still have Mitt romney right like Whoa. he loves the he loves the Wrangler, like he, Mitt Romney loves the dad jeans. He's another vampire who loves the dad jeans. Yeah, he loves dad jeans. <laughs> he does love dad jeans. Come on, I'm not wrong. He loves yeah. dad jeans. Yeah, he's also right. Yeah. Um, he's also a lizard person. 
He's a vampire crab lizard. People, crab people, crab people. I'm gonna watch that episode of South Park after I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so along with all of this good old Farve bullshit, you know, the recent thing is um the five million dollar welfare funds. Um the scheme that him and the Missis- uh, former Mississippi governor, Phil Bryant, were in, that $5 million that went towards his uh, daughter's college to build a volleyball stadium um, because she plays volleyball at Southern Mississippi University. A so, volleyball stadium. Yeah. A volleyball stadium that he was like, pri- like prized for donating the money to and all this and that now the thing that kills me is this is mississippi this all this welfare money is from mississippi one of the and poorest mississippi states is right? the poorest country it is the poorest state in our country yeah and yeah and the fact that the auditors were like um yeah you guys have um misspent like 77 million dollars 77 million dollars to 77 the poorest state Mm -hmm. spent 77 million dollars for a volleyball stadium well no that's just overall five million went to the stadium but overall like that's just showing like how fucked up it is that like and how we don't know like yes five million was diverted to build that football that uh volleyball stadium you don't know they're gonna go through everything with a fine tooth comb more so now watch more and more money for professional athletes from the mississippi area start like coming out yeah it's gonna there's gonna be some shit like that it's messed up and brett Favre should fucking bite the curb because yeah you are a selfish piece of shit like that's what you are you're a piece of shit sounds like a ponzi scheme piece of shit uh so those are our uh giant pickles that don't even fit in the fucking jar that's ridiculous who let's keep in mind may in the next four or five years do something else and we'll end up on the show yeah yeah absolutely well brett Favre is um i mean he doesn't have a full episode but he could be yes. like a, a yes, yes. Uh, yes. A while ago, I did like small dill episodes where it was players that weren't ready for their own show. So maybe we can make a uh, Brett Favre uh, YouTube clip one day. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, he's gonna. It's gonna happen soon that he is going to be. There's something more that's gonna come out, and yeah. something more after that. I feel like this is just the beginning of the shit ball that is going to start rolling downhill even more. So like he's had it like hat, like start rolling with all the, the shit that he's pulled, but right. it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. I feel in the next like five years, five, Man. 10 years. So at the uh, beginning of here's the deal, we talked about Tom Brady, right? So, um, so let's get into this story. So this story is about uh, Murray Lerner. And, and the reason why I say, we talked about Tom Brady because Murray Lerner was actually born in Brookline, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. So he's uh, where... he's he's a hometown guy for yeah. uh, for me and you. Uh, hometown, I mean, you know, he's from 
He's from uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. I'm yeah. too poor to I'm too poor to live in Brookline. <laughs> I can't even drive in Brookline. So <laughs> I worked there and was like, I'm poor. Help yeah. me. Yeah. My, my wife works in Brookline and she tells me the stories of the 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 kids that come in to the school because she's a teacher. And it's just like, you know, all the fanciest of fancy things like everyone. Everyone's parents are like doctors or or lawyers or something that I don't have the smarts for I, I can barely yeah read them, right so I'm like well, what yeah huh so our subject today Murray Lerner he was born on a cold December night five days before Christmas in the town of Brookline Massachusetts and like we said Tom Brady lived there but for those who don't know this town is where people like uh Robert Kraft is from this is also the town where a lot of athletes send their kids to school. Uh, if that isn't enough, then there is a chock full of notables from this town. Uh, some sports related, some not sports related. Yeah, so, I think um, John Henry lives in Brookline, too. Uh, yeah, so. John Henry, Larry Lucchino lives here. Uh, Theo yeah. Epstein lived here. Terry Francona Aww. lived here. Uh, obviously, Aww. Tom Brady and Giselle. Uh, yeah. But also, this is where the entire Kennedy family grew up, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, which makes right. sense. Yeah, that's right. JFK himself ran the streets of Brookline with a full head of hair. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. Yeah, thank you. But great at the same time. Thank you. <laughs> this is also where his brother Bobby grew up, obviously, because they were brothers. Uh, this, <laughs> I can only imagine like <laughs> Bobby Kennedy running around where his mother's trying to tell him to stay out of the kitchen. Oh, no. Yeah. Full of no, jokes here, no, folks. No. Yeah. Assassination jokes. <laughs> wow. Good. If you ask any white person in Massachusetts, the greatest Celtic of all time lived here. Larry Bird. Also. Oh. Larry Bird. <laughs> Did you say who? I'm sorry. Did you say who? I said no. I said woo woo. Oh, woo woo. I'm sorry. The, the, the internet is lagging. So yeah. I was just thinking, compose myself. Uh, and this is also where New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg lived. He was the New York City Mayor from 2002 to 2012. So, uh, this one had nothing to do with 9-11. Uh, who else? Let's see. Peter Gammons from ESPN owns a house here. And oh, uh, late night great Conan O'Brien was also born here. He uh, wrote for yeah. The Simpsons, in case you didn't know that. Uh, James Taylor, Barbara Walters, Roger Rabbit. Even one of the new kids lived in Brookline. I, uh, I think it was Joey. Joe Was it Joey or... Jonathan, it's got to be Joey, probably, out of all of them. Yeah, well, who knows? I don't know. I'm going to Google yeah. that after. I'm intrigued. Yeah. So right now, I bet the listeners are asking themselves, well, all these famous athletes, how come I've never heard of Murray Lerner? Well, this story is more of an off the field than an on the field. Murray grew up in a different era. His father was a small time bookie and would take bets for people downtown at the local bar. Murray claimed that he enjoyed uh, a happy childhood, spending part of his youth in a duplex two miles away from Fenway Park. But no, so like, yeah, 
cool was that like Coolidge Corner probably right yeah yeah it was say yeah, two right miles around there. around there so Murray's son Glenn actually says that his father's childhood was not that great he was lying mm. most likely about his own childhood Murray's father whose name is also Glenn never told Murray that he loved him and also never went to any of his ball games so That's this is so sad like sad. it is sad it is sad and and you know uh Loving your child and supporting him will stop him from becoming just like Murray Lerner as soon as we get into this more of the story. So so Murray earned the name Pro, which was short for Little Professor as a kid because he was a little smart little bastard, right? In high school, Murray batted .364 in his senior year. After graduating, he went on to sign with the Washington Senators at the age of 18. And he was sent to play single A ball in Erie, Pennsylvania. While there, he batted a miserable .167 in 13 games. He was so bad at baseball that he decided to join the Marines. Yeah, I yeah. feel that that's, that was a good idea right there. But when he returned in 1957, Murray joined the Milwaukee Braves franchise in Boise, Idaho, where he smacked 158 hits in 127 games and he also batted an impressive 0.328 then in washington he hit a 0.348 then over to the pittsburgh pirates organization where he hit 0.372 when he played for the single a team in north carolina okay yeah so he all right know, he marines, improved yeah the marines did something good for him i guess they uh Bulk, i would say bulked them up yeah yeah yeah. bulked him up so he could have the strength to actually hit. Yeah, definitely improved his uh his batting. So Lerner had a career batting average of .308 with 24 home runs and 225 RBIs in his 482 game career with the Erie Senators, Boise Braves, and a bunch of other. He was on like 60 different triple uh, A teams. Uh, oh wow! So a, he's like triple A. So he was just a career. The- journeyman yeah for the, he was a, for minor but, leagues <laughs> journey minor league man which is even, yeah journey even worse so the only bad part in murray's life was he never made it past double a ball by the time his career came to an end in 1963 lerner was moving into a full life of crime he knew how Ooh. to put the fear of god in people first with the baseball bat and then later with a gun Nice. Yeah. He was so good with that gun that he actually built a shooting gallery in the basement to practice his marksmanship. So um, that's something. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. What? I built a gun range down in my basement. You want to go shoot some cans? Oh, my God. All right, also, all right. There's also he's yeah. from Massachusetts, so he wouldn't have a southern accent. So was like, I know yeah. I was like, wait, but whatever. You never know. It'll you sound. Never, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in the Marines. Know. He went down south, I'm sure, you know. But if you're going to do like uh, an accent from Boston, it's like, yeah, do it. I, I got the shooting gallery down in my basement. Yo, let's go get some dunks and then we'll hit some we'll hit some <laughs> cans or something, dude. You know, Sully's going to meet us there. Let's yeah. go. Sully's going to meet us down there. And then his brother, Sully's going to come down. <laughs> and then his <laughs> father, Sully's going to come down. too. So. Big Sol. Yeah, big Sol. Big Sol. You know, big Sol. Rest in peace. The way he carried himself and the way he could shoot, 
the flies off a horse, people would say, brought him to the attention of New York. Uh, I'm sorry, of New England Mafia and lead of the Providence Mafia, Raymond Patricia. Interesting. While with Raymond, Lerner would get his first taste of big time crime. Raymond Patricia was the head of the Patricia crime family. And yes, I'm going to give you the history of the crime family. Please do. Please do. So the, uh, I think it's actually pronounced Patricia, but we'll just say Patricia. It's easier. That That works. Yeah. If if you're listening to this episode and you don't, yeah. If you don't like it, then go ahead and and comment. I apologize. I'm not Italian, so I struggle with words and names. Yeah, I are- am Italian, and this would totally piss my mother off because uh, I I could care less about Italian names and how to pronounce <laughs> things correctly, obviously. So, uh, the uh, <laughs> so if my mom's listening, which I know she is, the Patricia crime family was started by Raymond Patricia in Rhode Island, or really, I should say, New England two separate mafia families emerged in new England before they, before the start of the prohibition era. So it was like, yeah, the Massachusetts crime family and the Rhode Island crime family got together, had a baby and it was the new England crime family. So, Oh, look at that. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, Big time. Yeah. Um, So there was one in Boston, the other one, obviously in in Providence, Rhode Island, the Boston crime family was founded in 1910 by uh of course i'm going to butcher this name um and if my grandmother was still alive she'd also slap me in the back of the head uh gasper de cola who led the group until he was murdered on september 21st which is coming up 1916 after de cola's murder in 1916 uh gasper messina became the new boss of the Boston Mafia family. So they all had the same name. I, I Yeah. Well, because it's easier that way. Yeah, I guess. Right? You know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you know, because know, they, but they had nicknames. That's the thing. So everyone had a nickname. They all could have the same name. That's but everyone true. had a nickname. So that's it's true. like you got Junior, you got Tiny, you got, <laughs> you know, Three Finger Steve, you got yeah. like whatever it may be. You got Limpy, Hop Along, like whatever. You got Bush. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mush was always my favorite character in the Bronx Tale. I was like, put him in the closet. But oh, Tuna's already in the, in the closet. Put him put all him in the, the bathroom. Put him in, in the bathroom. Him. Put him all in the bathroom. I don't want that face looking at this face while he's shooting my die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that movie. It's That's such a great movie. movie. It's great. It really is. So the Providence Mafia group was formed by Frank Morello in 1917. And he went on to control the bootlegging in the illegal gambling operations in Providence, Maine, and Connecticut. I don't think he started the Foxwoods Casino, but he hmm. started the illegal gambling in Connecticut. So, in, in Connecticut's really not New England. I'm just going to say that. But go on. No, the majority <laughs> of the Connecticut's Yankees fans. So more New York. You know what? You know what Connecticut right, is? It's New York. I just you know, chalk it up. To no, New York. you know what Connecticut is? It's the it's the Florida of New England. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, But I think it's tri-state. So it is part of like the tri-state. So it's New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. It's the tri-state. The, so it's thought, not really New England. I thought the tri-state was right? New York, New Jersey, and, Pencil- and, uh, and Pennsylvania. 
I don't know. Maybe Pennsylvania is trying to make Connecticut so that like Pennsylvania doesn't have to be affiliated with New Jersey. That's true. I, I just don't want to be affiliated with Connecticut, but that's just me. Yeah. New, if you're talking Florida, uh, if you want to talk about what's the Florida of tri-state, it's New Jersey. Yeah. It smells so bad. Man, we're, we're just going to have uh, no fans. No, we're so we're just like this state sucks. And this is mean, the best. Dude. It's the best, dude. Wicked piss out. No, I Massachusetts is not the best. I can say no, I God. we live here. We can shit on it all day. We but so that's the thing. We are equal opportunity haters of yeah, every state absolutely. in the country. I'll we the hate you to, all. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit that Massachusetts is bullshit. It's super expensive. There's a Dunkin' Donuts across the street from a Dunkin' from another Dunkin Donuts. Everyone's an asshole. Everyone drives like a moron. And uh yeah. hey, here I am. So in my room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so. and you have all of these uh degenerates coming out of Brookline. So now on to 1924, Gasper Messina stepped down as Boston's mafia boss, taking on a businessman's role while working with Oh God! There's so many stupid Italian names that I can't. I can't. Frank, <laughs> Frank Cacciuccia, right? And uh, Pablo Pignata. I should, probably should have read this. Is it Pignata? P P Pignata? I Pignata. Pignata. Yeah. Fuck it. Pignata. Yeah. So he ended up doing serving as a businessman in a grocery store in the North End. Which, for you who don't know what the North End is, it's the Little Italy section, if anyone is still paying attention to the story. so oh, The North End. Yeah, the, the North End. Good good overpriced Italian food. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, like everything, a mafia power struggle ensued, like it always does. In Boston, the rival gangs fought for the illegal gambling, the bootlegging, and the loan shock rackets. And in East Boston, mobster Filippo Bacola emerged as the boss of the Boston family. He just came out of nowhere. He's like, I'm the boss now. Boom. Coming. Yeah. He's on the other side of the bridge. And he's like, what, bitches? Yeah, look at what? me. Look at me. And that's the thing. Now, for listeners, East Boston is not actually close to Boston in that regard it's on the other side of the bridge right you have to either take a tunnel or a bridge to get into boston from east boston well you have to take a tunnel from east boston tunnel east boston east is boston, yeah. is where the airport is so not yes. not too far away but um not in boston yes it's not inland like you can't walk to east boston from north end or south boston or like government center you have to legit cross the haba to get there right the haba dude the haba kid dude i'm on the haba i'm smoking my new ports kid <laughs> drinking dunk <laughs> smoking ports kid noops All right. whatever so in december of 1930 a mafia meeting was held and messina was actually elected the temporary captain of the mafia so look at that he got a little c on wow. his uh, on his suit jacket i'm the captain of this one huh during the early 1930s, Bokola battled over the ethnic gangs for territory in Boston, along with his underboss, Joseph Lombardo, another mobster from the North End, because of course.
course, it's a never-ending battle of absolutely. Yeah, what street is run by which big old fat Italian guy? And in 1931, Lombardo arranged the murder of Frank Wallace, the boss of South Boston's Irish Guster Gang. So how about that? Italians versus the Irish. Who would have thought? Shocker. And then years later, you got a mix like me of Italian and Irish. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Hey, I'm a drunken hey. meatball. All right. Hey. Hey. Then in 1932, Morello merged his Providence family with the Boston family, forming the New England crime family. Uh, are you guys, is everybody with me so far? I'm still here. Right. We're merging families. We're becoming one We're becoming crime one. unit. When, I'm I'm about this. this Thanksgiving is, is going to be great. This is what the Spice Girls song was about when two becomes one. So Bocala was the boss of the combined family from East Boston and continued to kill all his competition because that's exactly what you do. After the murder of Jewish mob boss Charles King Solomon, not very original of a name. That is not. No, no. not. No. The, the murder of King Solomon was placed by the command of Bokola. Bokola became the most powerful gangster in Boston. And on April 27th, 1952, Bokola held a party in Rhode Island because that's where you go to celebrate. What King he was celebrating? To, what is that? King Arthur's down there? Is that where you're going? Yeah, there's a King Arthur's. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> no, they went to Tens or Mac yeah. 2's, right? Was it? No, Tens is in Salisbury. Oh, whatever. Those, another, yeah. another shithole. All the same. <laughs> Salisbury. They, their, their town flag should be the Salisbury steak. Uh, you're missing the huge opportunity. So Bocala held this party in Rhode Island because he wanted to celebrate his retirement. And Raymond Patricia was named the new boss of the family. Bocala ended up retiring to Sicily in 1954 and ran a chicken farm. So he was killing Jewish mobsters and then decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to go run a chicken farm over in Sicily. Huh? Huh? Hey, how about it? That's yeah, that's a. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And he ran that chicken farm until 1987 when he died of natural causes at the very young age of 101. What? Wow. So he like he lived to man. Oh, he was living. He lived. He lived a long time. For reals. So in 1958, the Patricia era was in full effect and Ray made a drastic change in the family. The biggest being the relocation of their headquarters to Providence. He used the National Cigarette Service Company and Coinomatic Distributors Building, which was a one of those vending machine places where you would put like the pinballs and and all the uh, basically you went there and, you know, that's where they counted all the quarters from all those vending machines vending machines yeah interesting and it was it was basically a front for you know obviously it was a front but you need a front you need a fall guy yeah it was business in the front party in the back you know this place was known as the office not to be confused with that british comedy show the office well michael scott no with the English yeah. version? No, you're yeah, just going to do it with the British? Yeah, no, I, Dwight, no Dwight Schrute? I don't remember that one. Is, is there an American version of The Office? There is. There I only watch American. British TV. <laughs> I only... <laughs> you drink your tea? I only drink tea, and I mean, now we have a king, I guess, but whatever. There, there still, you go. I'm still loyal to the queen. 
So Patricia was a hard nut to crack, unlike all my jokes, and <laughs> was very strict and, and a very ruthless leader. He would run the family for decades and would make it clear that the other mafia organizations were not permitted to operate in New England. Get out of here, he would say. You can't do it. You can't do it. All right. So this is where Murray comes in. Okay. I know like we went kind of off the rail on this one, but I needed to give you the history because if I just talk about Murray Lerner, you're going to be like, well, you know, who was his boss? Well, now we know who his boss is. So Murray now became friends with John Red Kelly. I'm assuming this man had red hair. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, since the last name is Kelly, he's definitely Irish. He's, so they became friends in 1962. Lerner was introduced to the Patricia gang. Like, hey, I got a guy over here. This kind of reads like almost like a uh, the town meets the departed meets Goodfellas meets the Godfather. Almost. Yeah, it's a lot of like this guy knows this guy and then comes Polly Walnuts and like right. this, this, and it's a whole lot of, yeah. whole lot of like, I got a guy over here, you know? He's right. Looking for, he's looking for a little extra work, you know what I mean? All right. And, and then you, the other guy's like, I know what you mean, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, we're going to drive down to here and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you're going to leave the gun and take the cannoli and we're going to do this and that and this. Right. Hey. hey Let's go. Hey. Hey. So Red and another guy named George Aggie ran with the Patricia crew and one day Aggie got this great idea to rob a mail truck but not just any mail truck this truck was the one that went to the Federal Reserve building so now details are shaky about this and we'll never get the true story it is said that Aggie had watched the truck make its routine run from the Cape which is Cape Cod for anybody who's not from Massachusetts up to Boston on certain days. It was loaded with cash traveling from the banks on the South shore of Massachusetts to the federal reserve bank in Boston. Aggie even knew the best spots to hijack the truck, which had no security and just the guys to help them do it. So rumor has it that red and pro were so good at what they did that they once were asked to assassinate Fidel Castro. Red claims that a member of the CIA approached him to get a crew together to make the hit. So... Well, things may have turned out a little bit different if they did. Yeah, if they did get a crew together, maybe right? uh, maybe they overslept and couldn't get on the down to Cuba. But I don't understand, like, why? Yeah, okay, so you're so good at your job of killing people that the CIA, the CIA is like, hey, you're really good at killing people. Can you kill someone for us? Well, I could, I could actually see that because, I mean, look at everything with Whitey. Like, he was kind of in bed with the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, and, I guess. You know, this, yeah. it's all, and then, They'll always the CIA will always have their eyes on Boston and those in Boston because, you know, like they were the ones. Here's my conspiracy theory of the day. Yeah, I love conspiracies. Uh, they were the ones who essentially killed JFK. That's so, true. you know, like let's talk. I mean, that and his father basically sent him up to be killed. But um, JFK's father. Yeah, because yeah. he was in bed with the mafia. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I'm I'm full I'm full on board in this 
JFK uh, Cons- conspiracy. conspiracy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because so yeah. much shit does not add up in my brain. Yeah. But like, I could see them being like, okay, like we're gonna send you down to, you know, you're from Boston. Like we got your name from so and so Kennedy. Right. Like. Right. And we heard you're so great at killing these people. And we also confirmed with Whitey that you're so good at killing people. So let's get you in. So like, you know, they know who everyone is. They know. Right. Absolutely. Aggie reached out to Red, who was a bank robber known for his incredible work with bank jobs. They got together a team of six guys. Robbing the mail truck was a breeze. One guy posed as a cop, flagged down the truck. The other guys then surrounded it, and then the gunman held two postal employees with machine guns. Now, I'm not that intelligent, but I would say if you're traveling, I don't I don't even know if like armored cars were invented yet. I would assume not if you're traveling down in a regular ass mail truck in 1962. Yeah. Filled with I money. I don't think. No, I don't think so. You just have two post workers, like two mailmen, just be like, eh, I got a truck full of money. You, you want to fill our pockets up? Because why not? Right. Well, it's one of those that you have to keep in mind that the post office is federal. So they were probably like at that point in time when they were hiring people for certain branches, they were probably like, okay, well, you're going to be, this is going to be your job. And so when you're not delivering the mail Monday through Friday outside on the walk in the neighborhood, you're going to take the trip down to the Cape and the South shore and get the money. So yeah, that's, that's that's, imagine that like, you work for the post office and you're like, I'm just going to deliver my mail. And it's right. like, nope, you're going to be held at gunpoint by a machine gun because you work for the post office. Yeah, right. So these guys scooped up the bags of cash that were valued more than $1.5 million into their cars. So $1.5 million adjusted for inflation in today's money would be worth $9 million six hundred and seventy eight thousand six hundred and seventy five dollars and fifty cents damn so, so this mail truck with these two jamokes working for the post office was carrying in today's money nine million dollars i how are you i mean again because it's a federal job but they will still find you i would have been like yo bro i know that this is our job but let's just take this truck and just ditch it into like off the Bourne Bridge. And right. then we can just take this money and head down to Tijuana and live the dream. Right. Like, with with Barrett Robbins. Right. Like, why are these postal workers not doing that? Like, will be like, listen, take know. the truck, break me off uh, a piece of that. And then like, be on your way. I don't care. Oh, you know? man. So Maurice, (laughs) our our subject for today, Maurice, was part of the crew that took the money, though he was never charged in taking any of this money. It was more uh, Aggie and Red were the ones that were charged and they got off, but only after one member of the gang disappeared. Thomas Richards, the gang didn't think he would stand up under questioning and Lerner got rid of him. Oh, yeah. Probably took him down to a shooting gallery down in the basement. For the next several years, Lerner and Kelly made an unstoppable team. Red was very precise and disciplined. Pro was very calm and smart. Pro was getting more work and attention from the Patricia crime family. And 
he had a huge reputation for his violence. Vincent Teresa became his contact with the family. Lerner was asked to kill two more men. Rudolph Marfo <laughs> and Anthony uh, Malini. Oh, God, these fucking names. I'm so bad. You should have uh, should have did the Google like put this name in and have it read it back to you. Yeah, but that's a lot of work for me. It is a lot of work. I, I mean, I barely wrote this story, so <laughs> I respect it. So Rudolph and Anthony wanted they wanted Rudolph and Anthony killed because they were interfering in the Patricia crime family operations, and you know you don't go against family. Mm-mm. So Lerna recruited his friend Red Kelly to help him with the getaway plan after he wanted to pop these two guys off. Raymond Patricia, the crime boss, the, the, the crime family boss, was growing frustrated at the pace of Kelly's careful planning and just wanted these guys gone. So with Ray growing frustrated on April 20th, 1968, Lerner and another guy murdered the two bookmakers in the middle of the day inside a supermarket in Providence. Okay. Yeah. All right. To, you're going to get a dozen eggs and these two guys are just dead on the floor. Bing bong. Yeah. The public shooting put intense pressure on police to make the arrest. And because there is no honor among thieves, the police would catch a serious break in the case. Red Kelly and his lifelong criminal history had been implicated in another robbery and facing a long prison term, he agreed to cooperate with prosecutors and at the top of his list of people, he gave them the name Murray Pro Lerner. So Murray Lerner frightened Red, obviously, because Murray was a perfect shot. Right. And Red told police that Lerner was very violent almost too violent. Kelly laid out exactly what happened in the shooting right down to the route that they planned for the getaway. He was very convincing. Because Red sang to the cops, Raymond put out a hit on Red because, what? again, you don't go, go against, against the family. The family. Yeah. So no. learning anything in this, in this story. Yeah, don't go against the family. Don't go against the family. Also, just stay out of Providence, apparently. Yeah, so. seriously. Ooh. I so do. Learner. I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I don't go to Providence. I don't need to go to Providence. Nothing good there's there. Nothing, there's nothing there. No. Uh, anything out five miles outside of the city is hillbilly territory anyway. So, yeah, that's yeah. there's like, yeah, I don't know what's out there. Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> so Lerner and Patricia were convicted of conspiracy to commit murder and were sentenced to 10 years in prison. So only 10 years for a conspiracy to commit murder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Lerner was also convicted of two counts of murder for which he was sentenced to two life terms in Ooh. addition to the 10 years for conspiracy. So the sentence was to be served consecutively. So he had to spend two lifetimes in prison plus 10 years. Yeah, yeah you're dead. So, yeah. You're dead. Yeah. You're not you're not coming back from that. However, speaking of not coming back for that. Lerner's conviction was overturned what? by the Rhode Island Supreme Court in 1988. It was what? established that Kelly had purged himself at the trial, as had FBI Special Agent H. Paul Rico. Red and Rico had collaborated Kelly's uh, testimony. His testimony not only put away Lerner and the rest that were directly involved, but also 
put Raymond Patricia behind bars. So Patricia would be out of uh, out of prison after serving uh, a few years for his conspiracy conviction. But of course, Lerner faced the two life sentences plus 10 for the murders. The court vacated his conviction and overturned the sentence and ordered a new trial. At this time, Lerner uh, pleaded no contest and were you. And this is the kicker. He was released due to time served. What? So he killed two guys. He he just got two life sentences plus 10. And they're just like, ah, we're going to we're just going to let you go. What? Yeah. Let's see you later. Sorry. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty wild. So, uh, FBI agent Paul Rico was indicted for the murder in Oklahoma and Florida on October 9th, 2003, for helping Whitey Bulger and Steve Flemmy plan the assassination of millionaire Roger Wheeler on May 27th, 1981. So, the FBI agent wasn't a stand-up guy. So, this is actually where The Departed comes in from. Yes, this is this. Here comes Jack Nicholson. Paul Rico died on January 16th, 2004. So we actually didn't even serve a full year in prison. What? Yeah. So he was 78 years old. (laughs) Yeah, he got off. Another guy got off. Yeah. So now Murray was now a free man and went home to his family and his loving wife, Irene who kept the family going while Murray was in prison. Both Murray's kids attended Duke University, and his son was a soccer star and played on Duke's 1986 national championship team. And then he went to law school. A few years later, his wife died of cancer at the age of 56, but Murray would never remarry after that. So a baseball star who once sprang so gracefully from the batter's box, bat in hand, and then from a and then went from a running car with a shotgun in hand, could not dodge the effects of time. Dementia set in and took over the pro. He would fall and break his hip, and Lerner would die in 2003 at the age of 77. He would leave a son, a daughter, a grandchild, and so many questions behind. And that is the story of Mari Lerner. I I have so many questions. Like, did his son, like, become a lawyer and then become his lawyer? Like, was he forcing his son to become a lawyer so that he could have that extra protection? Like, is that a conflict of interest? I don't, I'm so, that, I think, there's so many questions regardless, but I think that's now the question that I need answering to. Yeah. More so. Right. Because history is history, but that was like more recent. So, right. right. I, I just, that I really want to know. I, I just, out of all that though, the thing, the, the, the part that strikes me the most is the fact that like he was looking at two life sentences plus and he was just let go. It was overturned. Yeah. O- just, overturned. Yeah, Un- we're good. We're good Unbelievable. That's just our judicial system in a nutshell, yeah. right there. Right there. Yep. Boom. But, if you smoked weed or smoke weed, you're in jail. Oh, for life. Yeah. Straight to jail. Yeah. Straight, straight to, jail. to jail. Straight yep. to jail. 
So if you like that story, let us know. Go over to IAPradio.com. Give us five stars on the Spotify app or the iTunes app. That would be a huge help to boost us in that rating. That would be great. We would love it. We would love it big time. Uh, go over to IAPradio.com, and you can listen to all the past shows. Uh, Sarah is only in three episodes, so just listen to two. Well, this is episode three, right? Yeah, this just is listen to the episodes where she's on because uh, she sounds better than I do. <laughs> you can also follow us anywhere on IAPradio.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that fancy stuff. I won't do Facebook because fuck Facebook. Sure. You can follow Sarah at Daddy O Sports on Instagram. Go check out her cards. Is it, I'm sorry, I ask this all the time Daddy O Sports or Daddy O Sports cards? Uh, Daddy O Sports cards. So close. I struggle with it still, so you're fine. Whatever. Right. right. So uh, I don't know uh, what is going on with Jonathan Papelbon. I'll just go ahead and say this. I heard a rumor that his people do not want him doing podcasts. <gasps> no. I mean, I could see it. Um, some of the stuff that, I mean, he's, yeah, I could see that. But, hey, I still hold up hope. I'm going to reach out to him again. Uh, this time, I'm actually going to just call him. I, I texted him two times to see if he wanted to come on, and he didn't respond. But maybe he's a, a phone guy. I don't know. You know? Wow. So yeah, you never know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call him and see. If he picks up, then we'll talk. And, you know, if he doesn't want to do the story, it, like if his people are saying don't do podcasts, what are you going to do? Force him to do a podcast? Like, can't do if he wants to do it, we'll do it. If not, then well, we'll always have that great story on how I met John. Hey, it's such a good story. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't know what we're gonna do next week for a show. Ooh. We have. Oh, do you know? I have something in the works for next oh, week. Ah, no way! Yes, we're gonna go from the miracle on ice to ah. a mental hospital. No way. Yes, we are. Oh, I'm excited now. I can't wait. Yes. I can't wait. Maybe we can get Mike Rizzioni to come on as a guest host. <laughs> Imagine? That'd be great. You no, know, it's not too far-fetched. I bet you. It's really not. He might. All right. So that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Go over to IEPradio.com. Check out all our past shows, all the stuff that we're doing. We're giving away things on Tuesday. we got Tuesday giveaways. And uh, all right. So that's it. So four. Sarah Ritalik, I'm Dave Houghton, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.